to That Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing through sharing to help you create a happier life. If a friend called you with an urgent and frantic phone call saying that they had thoughts of suicide, would you know what to do? How would you respond? Today in studio, I have two experts, a mother-daughter duo on the front lines of mental health. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Nikki. Yes. Powell Cotman. And Kanai. Yes. This is how we're going to do introductions. <laughs> Nikki, when was Kanai first diagnosed? Like, when did you first see something that made you question or want to dig a little deeper into mental health? Um, actually, at the age of eight she started um, having like behavior issues in school. Okay. Um, but it wasn't, it didn't start out as like aggression. It mm -hmm. started out just sadness. Her teacher would say she would sleep all day in class. Um, and then when she go in the principal's office, she'll sleep on their floor. Um, and, um, and her so socially, she just wasn't, um, she was very to herself. Couldn't really make friends. Okay. Um, just really um, standoffish. And was that a stark difference from the first seven years, or um, did this just, it slowly progressed? It slowly um, started to be a problem, um, but she always, <laughs> on the first day of school, kindergarten, she was throwing chairs. So I'll, I'll kind of go back to those times to say, okay. wait a minute, I was missing something <laughs> along, along the way. Uh, and the way she explained it to me was mm -hmm. she heard the kids whispering um, and she thought they were talking about her. Mm -hmm. So she got angry and mm -hmm. she started throwing chairs. And I was like, wait a minute, my five-year-old is throwing chairs. I had to ask her to repeat it uh, several times. Like, are you, you're telling my five-year-old is throwing chairs in your class. So, um, but of course at five, they don't diagnose, you know, right. kids mm -hmm. with things like that. Um, is this behavior issues maybe, you know, they just give it all kinds of titles. In fact, the first thing she was diagnosed with was ADHD. Um, so they tried doing like, we tried doing nutritionist thing like gluten-free diet and all those things. Um, so as it led on, as she got more so like the eight and getting to like puberty really, okay. you know, that's when things started to really shift um, and really um, started seeing signs that something was wrong. However, I was still stuck on the ADHD, but I'm like, we're talking about someone sleeping, so it's not a, you know what I mean? Activity issue. So something's not right. Um, so my main concern with her was um, the social skills because she really started isolating herself. But me not knowing anything about mental mm -hmm. um, illnesses, anything you know, other than the ADHD, I would not have said that she was depressed. Would not have said, you know what I mean, that she was even having any thoughts or anything because she didn't discuss it with not In fact, I don't even think she even knew exactly what was going on with herself. You know, she was just emotional, um, easily be triggered. You know, things just started to mm -hmm. really bother her. Um, the things that we thought that would should be small. Okay. But to her, it was like elevated. Like, what, what do you remember from that time period of being eight years old? Um, I really don't remember much. Okay, what's your first memory of becoming aware of mental health? Um, when I was 13. Okay. That was like my first attempt at suicide. Okay. So then that's when I realized something was wrong because I was sad all the time. Take me back to that day, mm -hmm. right? What are some of the things that crossed your mind during the day? What was concerning you at that time? Because 
we hear various sides. Some people say it's just a snap decision. Some people say that it's a small consideration that happens over time that comes down to that urgent decision. What would you say? As a suicide survivor, what would you say? Um, I would say, at least when I was 13, mm -hmm. that I planned it. I planned it about two weeks in advance. So I was like trying to be the perfect child and be the perfect daughter for those two weeks. And then it was planned. I, my whole suicide attempt was planned. I just was waiting for the perfect time to do How it. How far did you get? Um, my heart stopped. And I was I was in, passed out in the floor of my house. So who, I was almost out of here. Who was home with you? My mother and my brother and my sister. Who discovered you? My brother. And what did, how did you become aware? Did your brother scream? Did he call you? Well, um, the day that she came home, um, like I said, she, it, was, it seemed like a regular day. She just kind of was, you know, I asked her how, I do a feelings check, how was your day? Mm -hmm. The thing, she was like, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm just tired. Okay. Not, and, and I also go back to that, because I just keep, you know, because she uses that term now, tired, but back then I didn't know that tired meant I'm giving up. Mm -hmm. But she just said, I'm just tired. I just really, I just want to go to sleep. I just want to take a, you know, take a nap. Okay. And I said, okay, um, don't, you know, I'll wake you up for dinner. So that was the whole thing. Um, she, but she didn't take a nap in her room. She took a nap on her brother's floor. Um, so while I was cooking dinner, obviously this is when she um, went and um, got the pills and stuff. So I didn't, you know, I'm downstairs doing my regular thing. So I guess that's when she went and got them in, but she still laid on her brother's floor. So when he discovered her, um, he was trying to wake her up. I said, wake her up. You know, it was like, come on, wake her up for, right, for dinner. dinner. He was like, she not waking up. She know, he was getting angry because he was like, she ignoring me. She, Ma, she won't get up. And I was like, that's not like her. No, that's, that don't make sense. So I, when it come on, you know, new, get up, you know. And when I realized that she was um, kind of lethargic, just really like not herself. So I helped her up. And when I helped her up, her limbs was like a chicken. It was just like, you know, she just was like very limp. And I said, oh my gosh, something's wrong. So um, at that time, her dad was home. He was in the, you know, um, garage in the gym. Um, everything just started moving really, really fast at that point. Um, so within seconds of trying to walk her out into the hall, she just collapsed face first, you know, face down. So at this point, I'm on my phone, you know, 911. They're saying that she's breathing. I say, yes, yeah, she's breathing. Turn her over. Went through that whole process. Um, they got there very quickly. Um, they tried to work on her there, like get an IV going and everything, but her, her veins had collapsed. Mm -hmm. So at this point, they was just trying to like transport, get her out of the house, transport her. Um, it was the longest ride to the hospital because I had to ride in the front. So all you see is them working on her in the back through the little window. Mm -hmm. um, and just fast forward, they was just saying that um, basically that it was too late to pump, you know, use charcoal or pump right. anything out. It was already, she has consumed it obviously hours ago, you know, um, so at this point it was like watch and go. But the blessing in that, at her weight that she was at that time, mm -hmm. it was children's Tylenol, it wasn't adult. If they said it was adult, then it, the circumstances would have been different. Right. Um, so, you know, it was just the, the longest uh, several days of just, she was in like the ICU where they brought you through and you know, nurses there in a room and IVs and all that. Um, so it was just like that watching it go, just watching, just praying, you know, um, that God turn it around. But um, that's where the fight came in at. Um, just 
being a mom, never knowing anything about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that time, they didn't diagnose her. Wait a minute. The, Tell me what you remember about coming to. Mm -hmm. I know when I came to, I had a lot of people angry at me. Because like my mother said, my brother discovered me, but it was my younger brother who discovered me. So he was like angry and confused. And he felt like I was trying to leave him. So like our bond is really strong now because if it wasn't for my younger brother, I wouldn't be here. Because if he never went and got my mother, even though he did it out of frustration, if he never went and got my mother, I would not be here. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just, when I came to, I still didn't want to be here. I was actually angry that I was here. Like my mother put me in a facility and it took me a long time to get released because every time they would ask me like, um, how are you feeling today? And I'd be like, I still don't want to be here. I'm like, I'm only reason I'm here is because y'all saved me and no one asked you to do that. So I was angry for a long time. I even attempted a couple more times because I genuinely did not want to be alive. And I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry at everything because I was like, why am I still here? Why am I still suffering? When all I do is make other people upset and I make other people sad and I'm a burden. So why am I here? Have you ever gotten the answer to that question for yourself? Yes. And that is? Um, I feel like now God doesn't give his, God only gives his toughest battles to the strongest warriors. Let's go. So now mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a testimony. I've had people DM me or inbox me and mm -hmm. like, I heard your story. It helped me. Like, do you have time to talk? I have people reach out to me and they just want to tell me their story and tell me what they're going through and get advice on how I overcame or how am I where I am now. So even though sometimes I get frustrated and I'm like, I don't want to be a testimony, I understand why I am. Because when you took it to another level, most parents would just immerse themselves, get the knowledge, fix their own family and move on. But you actually started a magazine. Yes. You started a nonprofit. Yes. You have events. Yes. It's um tell me what is the motivation that made you start the fight? I um I mean no parent eggs, and I'm trying not to get emotional, no parent eggs for something mm -hmm. like that to come to their doorstep. And if you can figure out a way to fight with your child, you know, to help them to be their strength um, when she's weak and she can't fight for herself. Um, I did that. I was in school to be a teacher. I changed my profession to, and to go into psychology, to learn the ins and out of um, mental health. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to know triggers, symptoms, you know, I wanted to, cause I don't want to miss anything cause to not, to miss that sign and to almost lose her. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, I need to know everything I need to know. Um, and in that um, fight with her, you know, before we got to the point of the nonprofit, um, that's where the We Fight, the We Fight Foundation comes in there because it, that's, we're in this together. Like she knows I got her back. And then times um, just seeing her strength is just, it makes me even stronger. We just pull on each other, you know? Um, so if there a mom mm -hmm. who is now in shoes that you've walked in, mm -hmm. saying that their reality has hit them, they're sitting in that hospital chair and they're wondering how did we get here? Mm -hmm. What would you say to that parent? Um, first of all, let, I mean, 
turn your agony into a ministry because the fact is, like she's saying, God don't make no mistakes. So although it seems really, really bad, you know, he always, good gonna come out of everything and look for the good in it. You know, you, you're, you're blessed, your child is still here. Mm -hmm. So instead of being, you know, you're not starting a memorial like what, the, you know, anything like I'm doing the foundation, I could have been the one to start it in remembrance. Right. But she's here fighting with me. Mm -hmm. So that's, we get the I fight, you fight, we fight together. They, one thing your child will never need to feel is that they're alone. You know, because there's times that, I mean, I, we had a situation where she cried out to me because at the age of 18, she was ready to uh, try attempt to get it. But she said to me, why do you love me so much? That's what makes it hard for me to give up. And I said, and that's why, that's why we had that conversation, you know? What's your side <laughs> of that conversation though? Can you answer that question, why she loves you so much? Mm, not really. I feel like I still search for answers. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning, I'm still coping. So sometimes I do have my moments where I'm just like, I'm tired. Do you go back to her and ask that question to make her repeat the answer to you? Sometimes. She does. She does, and I pull right back into her. Um, be, we have to make sure we work on ourselves, and I will say that for parents, self-care is so extremely important. We have to make sure that we keep our cup full. The care of the caretaker. Yep, we have to take mm -hmm. care of ourselves because we have to be ready for when it's time to go and fight that war, you know? Yes. We have yes. to be ready because if we're weak and we're not where we need to be, it's hard to be there for her. Uh, it's not every, I tell people, like you see in the magazine, you see in the foundation and the workshops and support groups that we're doing, mm -hmm. but this is an everyday fight. This is an everyday fight. Like it's always um, because she can be happy this morning, okay. but we can leave here. Something can trigger her, and it can throw her completely off. And then you know we have to figure it out. We have to figure it out together. Um, we'll be right back after this. Here's what you miss when you're not in studio with that and alive. Oh. I don't even mention this in the book. No, you didn't. Blame. <laughs> I at 96th Street, you transferred to the one. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm at the end of my toilet paper roll when you talk about seasons and life. She said, oh. I'd rather be good by myself. Please, spill the tea. Come on. I love to have you in my audience. Please, please tell the man to leave it. And we're back. <laughs> with the legendary ladies on the front lines of mental health. Yes. Now tell me, the workshops that you offer for parents, mm -hmm. is that through the foundation? Yes. Okay. How, how many different types of workshops do you offer? Um, we currently have um, support groups that we actually have the first Monday of every month mm -hmm. um, for, you, you know, teens and youth. Um, it's also for caregivers. Then that's um, the first Monday of the month. And then uh, we tr work in it. We have it for the adults as well, okay. um, which we've typically been having the first Saturday. We're just trying to be consistent with it. Um, in the support groups, um, we start out with just um, giving them, you know, basic information um, in reference to, um, at the time, you know, if some we give it an opportunity for them to go around and share first and foremost. And mm -hmm. then, um, Right now, we've been seeing a lot of depression, a lot of depression, and then amongst the kids, um, actually anger, you know what I mean? And okay. um, that's actually the uh, what I wanna make sure that parents understand, being able to separate the between the two. You have a teenager, you know what I mean, yeah. that has a mental <laughs> illness. 
So it's a thin line there. So often, you know, they can play that card sometimes with the mental illness and being a typical teenager. Okay. So um, being able to make sure they understand the difference and not mistaken, because you can even one, one mistaken it that there, you know, is really something wrong. You know, they really need your assistance. Mm -hmm. And then, or you can be soft and be like, well, and start using it and it enables them mm -hmm. because uh, one thing I did not do, being a parent, although she was diagnosed with a mental illness, is I did not allow it to define her. I still pushed her to do, you know, to be successful, to still live, live a meaningful life. You're going to graduate, you know what I mean? You're going to get a good, good job. You know, this is not, this is not a something that's going to say, you know, be disabled. Yeah, she's going to get her license, and she's going to drive. All the things that... Um, they try to, you know, um, oftentimes stigma, you know, they can't do, you know what I mean? But with the right support, they can do. And that's what that's what we're shining, you know, on. And that that's one of the biggest thing in the magazine. Um, shining a light on our mental health warriors to say that they can do. You Which know? came first? The workshops the, the and the foundation yep, or the magazine? The, the, the foundation and the um workshops came first and we felt like it was keeping it in a box you know you only could do so much right. right there in that foundation or even social media i said this thing needs to be global this thing needs to it it needs to go into homes like the you know the essence and everything else except the ultimate guide to mental health wherever that is you know that they can go there and mm -hmm. find be relatable to the story these are real people with real stories you know what i'm saying yes. and uh, real things that happen to them and actually overcoming you know what i mean and that helps people to fight because at the end of the day, um, if you always seeing bad, you know what I mean? You're right falling right into that depression of it all. But if you see this, some people really making it and I, oh, I can do that too. I can be that person, you know, so I'm highlighting that. that that's big, like even to Kim looking at her on the cover of that. Um, what she, have, what mm -hmm. have you found to be, what have you found to be most successful that have helped the teens and the kids hold on to, to overcome? Being there, I mean, to be honest, um, they can go to classes, they can learn about their own mental illness, okay. we can learn about our own mental illness, but if they feel like they fighting by themselves, or you giving up on them, they, what are they going to fight for? You know what I mean? Because you, you, like she said to herself, um, you know, oftentimes they already going through their own struggles, you know, even trying to fit in you know, be at all the school. things that they're doing, you know, go through at school, just the social life. They're already trying to find their way. So if they come home and you got a parent, you know, and not really knowing that they knew certain things that they need, they just like, well, shoot, you don't want me here either. They give up. They give up. And um, if they don't feel like they have someone that they can open up to, you have to make your, your house, I always say my house is my st our sanctuary. You know, when you come home, you should be able to relax. You should be able to you know, yes. um, dump if you need to. We, this is your sanctuary. So you got all that you fighting out there in the world when you come here. So you have to build a safe haven, a sanctuary for your kids. Cause it's, it's so much they're coming up against. Um, Once you cross that yeah. threshold, you can yeah. exhale. Exhale. You feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell somebody out there that is a teen or a young adult, under 25, struggling with um, self-harm? Um, to get help. Like, there's no shame in getting help. If you had a broken ankle or a broken foot, you go to a doctor for help, and there's no shame. So for mental health, it should be the same way. If you need help, seek help. Because there's people out there who struggle 
just like you so you don't have to fight alone. And when they DM you or send you emails to contact you, does that make you feel the, uh, the power and the specialness that you have? Sometimes. To be able to pour into people like that? Sometimes. When it gets too heavy, who do you turn to? My support system. And that's a good answer because she didn't just say one person, she said a system. Mm -hmm. So there are a number of people that she knows that you can turn to at any given time. And that's one of the things we help in our groups is something a lot of people don't have support system. You, I, I have asked several people that comes into support groups. Okay. You know, who's your support system? And they sit there and look at me like I have three heads. Like, what? Support system? You know what I mean? It is just me. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and, and oftentimes they do not have that. So um, that's one thing we help them build. Like, let's look around. Let's talk about who you communicate with and those things um, to help them build a support system. Because, I mean, like she said, you have to have someone that you can turn to, you know, to help you fight or just get talk it through, you know, figure out what's the next step um, to assess the situation, you know, whether or not they need, you know, to, you know, get further help. Mm -hmm. um, but that's very extremely important as a support system. Now you were going to mention this young lady. Yes. On um, the cover of, which issue is this? Um, that's a spring issue that just passed, yes. Spring 19. Yes, yes. And Takia, um, she's definitely a, um, a warrior. Um, she's um, suffer with manic depressant and um, she has a podcast um, so when I met her she um, that just blesses my soul and warms my heart you know what I mean um, not that she don't have her everyday struggles but those are the people that I want to highlight on the cover because you know it's, it's, it's separating the fact that you do have this mental illness but you still can shine you know she done wrote her book you know, um, she's an advocate, you know, so she, oh, an advocate with NAMI. So she does, She. I'm just so proud of her because um, I do know um, the everyday struggle, but she finds her way to continue to push. And I, and that's one of the things, the people that I connect with, I say, we family, I check on them, you know, I like to uh, stay connected because um, I just feel like it just make it bigger. We can be a part of your support system as well, you know. How do you decide who to include? You, there's a, a lot of content <laughs> in this magazine. Um, and I know behind the scenes a lot goes into yes, putting a magazine yes, together. Yes, it does. So how, how, how do you find the time? How do you choose oh, content? Oh, my, my, my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I am, um, you know, I spend a lot of time in my, you know, just praying and things. I, I always ask God for connection. I believe in divine, divine connections. So it's just funny. I could be um, searching through social media or whatever. It's just certain people just stands out with me. I read their pages um, through networking, through events. I meet so many people. Um, it's really like people drawing to me that I just find to have that conversation. It's like, oh, you know what? I want you to I have a, you know, and they like really, um, and it empowers them, believe it or not, to say, you, you mean to tell me you're going to put me, me who has a mental, I'm going on a cover, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it really just like a stepping stone in their lives to say, um, you're not focusing on my mental illness, you're actually treating me like a person. Thank it, it blesses me. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I've just been connected to some really great people, just, just the fact that we're in this field. Um, the connection has been, I mean, it's awesome to meet good people, um, to push past. I meet the person and that we're not worrying about them else. So you went into psychology. Mm -hmm. You started the foundation. Yes. You started the magazine. 
What's next Ooh. for the mother-daughter duo on the front lines <laughs> of mental health? Um, actually, um, we're, we're going to just build on what we have, leveling up what we have, because we're actually going to be starting a kid zone in the magazine. Um, really? Yes. We're going to put a kid zone in it. There's warrior zone. Yep. Special features. Yes. Making a difference. And so, Black mental health matters. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start a kid zone. Um, so right now, I, um, I'm, crea I'm creating a pilot. We're going into the schools, to be honest. Uh, we Fight Foundation is in the process of creating a pilot to get into these schools because it saddens me. And that's one of the things that my daughter and I talk about a lot because um, she didn't mention that, but uh, what tipped it over was the fact that she was bullied that day. Um, and it just was like, I'm done, you know. Uh, why they keep teasing me? Why they keep calling me fat? And things of that nature. It just tipped her over. Um, and we're just hearing so much, you know, the kids are lost, you know, in the mm -hmm. school system, mm -hmm. um, leaving school and just going home and just giving up, you know, um, and they're as young as five. And that's what I'm, and, and I just don't feel like they're getting what they need. Um, oftentimes, um, I was just even go back to during my time, okay. you know, um, and like I said, I never heard the word, so, you know, I right. like in, for a child mm -hmm. point of view, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You might have heard of, a, you know, someone older or something like for me, this is where I was. Mm -hmm. um, so for it to come to my doorstep and I hear suicide and it was I, to tell, like to call my parents and even say, um, you know, she attempted. Mm -hmm. I was like, it, it was hard to even come out of my right. mouth. You know what I mean? Um, the last thing a parent would think is that, to be honest, that your child would do that. So edu that's what I'm saying, education is important too, especially for parents, because don't think that your child, you know, oh, not my child, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like not mine, right. yes, yours. You know what I mean? <laughs> it can happen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we need to know the signs, even the solid signs. It's, I mean, even them being angry, um, drug you know going into drugs um because she started fighting you know trying to you know argument in the home okay there are those are like the other symptoms that is mistaken and then you know they do a lot of times like she said they do that to push you away so it makes it easier for them to attempt suicide so it's so much to learn i just i can't go back to that enough like don't think that it cannot hit your doorstep because it can you know what i mean um and so if we all come together like i said it takes a village um i think the percentage will come down because it's more being edgy it's more things but it put in place it's more things being put in place for the school you know what i mean mm -hmm. the children i mean the um, parents is doing what they need to do to make it stop you know what i mean because okay. i mean just like say the ep epidemic of like age or stuff like that mm -hmm. those big things that started hitting teenagers it's a lot that came along the way why is it why does mental illness get pushed gotta to be side? treated differently so yeah. you you know the same fight you had for i'm just have to keep it real the same fight you had for like cancer that's killing mm -hmm. and you know at, i remember back in the day aids was big amongst yes. um young people because they were having unprotected sex mm -hmm. we got to go hard for mental, you know, health the same way. Teach them how to take care of their mental, period. <laughs> you know? We have to go hard to teach them how to take care of their mental. Yes. She gave us a lot of great content and nuggets on self-care, not just for the person with the diagnosis, but also for the person that is providing the care because you can't care for someone if you aren't caring for yourself.
That's right. To reach out to Nikki, you can find her on Instagram. Yes, uh, we're um, at We Fight Foundation and we're at Raleigh Up Magazine. Um, and that's the same for um, Facebook. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out that's AnitaLive.com for where and when to see our next episode. Thank <laughs> you.